0: I hope that you're taking notes tonight. Uh, if you are, this is our 21 days of fasting and prayer week one, week one. I remember the very first time that I ever did a fast. I was 21 years old, I'm, ironically, 21 in a 21-day fast. And uh, I'd just taken a youth pastor position at a, at a little church plant in our hometown, and there was probably 75 people attending this church on a Sunday morning and the pastor asked me if we would be youth pastors and worship pastors. And so we were splitting this dual role doing this. And we were probably about six months in, and it was the first of the year. And, uh, and I remember he called this prayer meeting on a Monday night. And I walked into this prayer meeting on a Monday night, and he puts this book in my hand. And it was this brown book, and he says to me, hey, we're going to do a 21-day fast, <laughs> and I probably looked at him the way you guys looked at me when I announced it a few weeks ago, kind of like, who is doing a 21, a like you are doing, and, and he put this book in my hand, and it's like, we're doing a 21-day fast, and I just remember thinking in my mind, I was like, there is no way in the world I can fast for 21 days. There's no way that I can do this. The most up until this point that I'd ever fasted was probably like a meal. And after, you know, going without lunch for uh, one day, I already thought I was going to die. You know, I was like, I'm not going to make it to dinner. I was crawling and like dragging myself to the dinner table because I was that hungry. I thought, how in the world am I going to make it 21 days? And so it was when I was 21 that we started doing this. And our family, every year since I was 21, we started off the year with the 21-day fast. And sometimes if we felt called to do it, even in the middle of the summer towards uh, July or August, we'd hear God say, hey, come in, let's, let's fast. There's some things that you need to pray about. And this is what I can tell you, is that every time we fasted and prayed, we've seen God move. Every time that we have fasted and prayed, we have seen God answer prayers. And the biggest transitions in our life, the the biggest things that we've ever seen God do in our life, for us as a family, it came on the tail end of a 21-day fast when we would push away from the table, when we would push away from meats, sweets, breads, when we would push away from the good stuff, and we would just go, God, I need to hear your voice. If there's anything that I know, I know this, fasting moves the heart of God. In fact, Second Chronicles says it this way in verses in chapter seven, verse fourteen. If my people who were called by my name will humble themselves, what is fasting? Fasting is a way that we humble ourselves before God. And this this passage says that if we would humble ourselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and heal their land. Notice that there is a process that happens as we need God to reach out and do something in our lives, in our city, in our nation, in our church. It says that if you will humble yourselves and pray and seek my face, and can I tell you that's what we have dedicated ourselves to do over the next 21 days, is humble ourselves before a gracious God and seek his face and make prayer a priority. And I believe that as we do it, we're going to see God show up and move and do incredible things. Come on, do you believe that tonight? Fasting moves the heart of God. In this series, we're going to talk about a few different things. We're going to talk about the purposes of fasting. We're going to talk about how to fast. We're actually going to talk about how not to fast. And most importantly, though, we're going to talk about how fasting moves God's heart. So let's go back to this opening story. So this man, desperate, just imagine for me a minute. If, if you've ever had a sick kid, you know the desperation that you feel you wish you could change places with them. It was just back in November that our youngest was in the hospital. And I'm telling you, there, there's no amount of money. There's, there's nothing that I wouldn't have done. There's nothing that I wouldn't have given. I, if, I, if I could have replaced myself and put myself in the hospital bed so she didn't have to suffer like that. And, and you know, I mean, even if you've had a kid that's been sick for three days, uh, a week, three weeks, it feels like an eternity and you're just like, God, something has to give. And here this man, he has this child that has been sick and had these seizures, and you can imagine that he's taken this child to doctors, and that he's ch- taken this jo- child to be seen about, and he's done everything, and he's shelled out money and everything that he could do to, to see this child healed. And finally, he hears about this caravan of people, the, the disciples and Jesus that are going from town to town, and that everywhere this caravan goes, that, that Jesus is laying his hands on the sick, and they're being healed, and blinded eyes are being opened, and you can imagine that stories of, of how Jesus is multiplying uh, five loaves and fishes, that it, it's feeding thousands of people. You you know that these stories are spreading all throughout the land, and so this man becomes excited going, the answer is here the answer is coming my way my son is going to be healed for whatever reason that day he doesn't encounter Jesus first he encounters the disciples and he carries his boy to the disciples and says you need to heal my son he's an epileptic and he's throwing himself into the fire and he has seizures and he throws himself into the water you have to heal my son and the Bible doesn't record what the disciples' prayer looked like, but I imagine that they probably laid hands on the little boy and they probably prayed for his healing. And maybe on his way home, maybe he said, you know, okay, I'm, I'm going to believe that he was healed. And on the way home, the boy began to have another seizure. So he turns around and, and he comes back and he goes, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going back to to these other guys. I'm going back to the head honcho. Where's Jesus at? Where's the leader of the group? That's who I want to talk to. And he carries the boy to Jesus. And he says, Jesus, I went to your disciples, but the disciples could not heal him. You've got to heal him. So Jesus lays his hands on this boy. And as soon as he says the words, that spirit comes out of that boy and he's healed. Can you imagine the joy that that father had to feel in that moment? Can you imagine the peace that rushes over him as he's been searching for help and looking for help and looking for the answers that Jesus steps up and with one word, can I tell you that that's all that we need from God, that that's all that we need from Jesus is one word. That's all that we need as we're fasting and that as we're on this journey is one word from God that he speaks it and our situation has changed. And that's all it took in that moment. for that that father and for that young man was Jesus spoke the word. But, But as we look at this story, what was the difference? What was the difference? I believe the difference lied in that very last verse because if you'll remember, Jesus spent 40 days of fasting and prayer in the desert before he would start his public ministry. 40 days, this wasn't the Daniel fast, it wasn't like, he's like, all right, uh, I'm gonna pack a bunch of vegetables vegetables with me, and I'm gonna head into, no, Jesus Jesus went just water in the desert, in the heat, and he said, I'm going to go, and I'm gonna pursue God for 40 days, why? Because he knew the task that was ahead of I believe that Jesus was filled with a passion. I believe that Jesus probably even saw this young man that he healed. And he said, I've got to draw close to God because this this flesh suit that I'm walking in can't do anything. I've got to have heaven come and visit me. And so for 40 days, Jesus went and he sought the father and he got so full of heaven that everywhere he went, heaven was just flowing out of him and that when he would lay hands on the sick, they would be healed. And I really do believe that that the the difference between the disciples and Jesus was a fast that Jesus did in the desert. He went out and he took time and he drew aside and he said, I'm going to take time to seek my father because I know the task that was ahead of me. Can I put it this way? He had a passion for his children. And just like this dad had a passion for his child and he was willing to do whatever it took. Jesus has a passion for us. And I believe that it was that passion that drove Jesus into the desert for 40 days to seek heaven. To say, I've got, I, 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 I can't have any flesh he was fully man. Do you hear what I'm saying? He was fully man, but he was fully God. And he said, I I can't let this man side of me take over at any point. I've got to have all of you, God. I've got to step into my full deity. And so for 40 days, he went and he saw God and he became so full of heaven that everywhere he went, that all he had to do was say the word and it was done. But it was these 40 days, I believe, in the desert that prepared him. Can I tell you that some things only come out by fasting and prayer? I believe that that driving force behind Jesus' fast was you, his passion for you, his love for his creation. He saw you, and he knew that if I'm going to die on a cross, it's going to take a fast for 40 days in the desert. Some things only come out by fasting and prayer. Listen, tonight, I believe that tonight starts the death of some longtime habits, some longtime addictions, battles with depression, battles with anxiety. Some things only come out by prayer and fasting let me ask you, what do you need freedom from? Do you need to be healed? Do you have a kid that's far from God and needs needs to return to the Father? Some things only come out by fasting and prayer. Have you been struggling in your finances? Is your marriage on the rocks? Are you miserable at your job? Maybe you can't control your tongue. Come on, some things only come out by fasting and prayer. Struggling with greed, struggling with self-control, can't seem to tell the truth. Come on, some things only come out by fasting in prayer can't stop looking at porn can't stop thinking about people other than your spouse can't stop the negative patterns of thought can't stop drinking can't stop stealing can't stop cheating come on some things only come out by fasting and prayer and God gave us this tool God gave us this tool. In fact, God said it this way. I've given you weapons that aren't of this world. Listen to how 2 Corinthians 10.4 says it. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. God gave us fasting as a tool that we can fight the enemy. And I promise you, as you fast, things are going to change. Come on. Some things only come out by prayer and fasting. Fasting is a prayerful, powerful tool for three reasons. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. It's a powerful tool because of three reasons. Number this, number one is this. It shows God your desperation. Shows God your desperation. I'd like to say it this way, that it's, it's faith in action. James 2.14 says this. What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith? But does, not, but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to him, depart in peace, be warm and filled, but you do not give them the things which they need for the body, what does it profit? Thus also, come on, faith by itself, but it does not have works, is dead. Now, I'm not saying that faith fasting is going to save you because this is something different because salvation is a free gift but what I do believe is that there's something required of us as we enter into a a relationship with Jesus just as you enter into a relationship with a spouse just like you enter into a relationship of a friend there is something that is expected or required of you right there's things that I offer to Shannon, being her husband, even in our vows, things that we offer to one another that, that, that it's a covenant. And when we come to God, we can't just come to God and expect him to do everything and all we have to do is just whatever. I no, and fasting is a part of that. And what I believe is that fasting is putting our faith in action. Can I say it this way? You can say that you believe God, but fasting is like, I believe God. You can say, God, I believe that you can do this. Or you can say, God, I'm going to push away from everything that I want because I'm going to show you I really believe. When it comes down to it at the end of the day, God, I don't want to just talk the talk. I want to walk the walk. I don't want to just be somebody that, that says that I believe, I want to be somebody that walks it out and truly believes. I believe that fasting is faith in action. See, look, it's what, let me put it this way. Anybody ever been skydiving in here? My daughter, she wants to go skydiving for her 18th birthday and I'm all in. I'm like, let's go. Shannon, she, she's, we're going to, it's going to be some convincing. It's going to be some talking into it for her 18th birthday. She wants to go skydiving. Listen, I I will jump out of a plane because I have faith that the parachute is going to catch me and it's going to carry me to the ground. Actually, Aaron, our worship leader, went for one of our youth events. We used to do this fear thing every October, and uh, we made him jump out of a plane for our fear challenge, and we filmed the whole thing. Anyway, it was was great. We used to do a lot of fun stuff like that. Uh, But he had faith that the parachute was going to catch him. I, I'm okay. I'm, gonna, I'm like, yep, the parachute's going to get me. But you can say you would skydive all day long, right? You can be like, yeah, I'd do that. Yeah, sure. Come on, let's do it. But until you actually get in the plane and your feet are dangling over the edge and you're going, come on, little parachute. You've, you've got to put faith in that parachute when you jump out of a plane. It's one thing for me to sing a song on a screen. It's one thing for me to even recite a verse in a Bible, but I believe when I am willing. To then put the things that I say into action and go, God, I truly believe that you are the God that can do all things. And if you truly say that some things only happen by prayer and fasting, let me put my faith into action and push away from the things that I desire for a short amount of time. Because, God, that's how much I believe that you can do the things that you say that you can do. Come on, it's faith and action. It's faith and action. Number two is this, it builds your faith. Fasting builds your faith. I I believe that the the separator between having faith and not having faith, that the disciples and Jesus is, is because they lacked faith. The separator was this, it was fasting. If you want to cultivate that level of faith, fast. Really want to see those kind of miracles? It starts with fasting and prayer. Fasting builds your faith because it causes you to rely on Jesus. This week... When you're hungry, I promise you, you're (laughs) going to pray. When when you get hungry, you're going to be like, Lord Jesus, please. When you start craving whatever it is that you're craving because you've eaten vegetables and fruit, see, week one is going to be you're going to be like, this is great, this is so easy. In fact, I might do this for the rest of my life. I just might become a vegetarian. I actually like fruits and vegetables. This is, I just mark my words. I promise you, I do it like every time I've ever done a Daniel fast. That's why I'm like, ah oh, man, I'm going to be a vegetarian forever. You're juicing stuff and it's fun, you know, and you're like, you're making smoothies and you're looking up recipes online. You're like, this. Is awesome, and then week two comes, and you're just like, I want a steak, you know. You're like, can I juice a steak? Can I blend up? Can I blend up a steak? Can I blend chicken? Can I, you know, you're riding by cowboy chicken just to like waft in the. You're like, um, oh you know, you're doing anything because you're desperate. You're. I promise you, it causes you and forces you to pray because you're going, God, the only way I'm getting through this is you. When I when. On, on the first three days when my family doesn't want to be around me, and they're like, would you just break your fast? If you're going to be angry, would you just break your fast? You're going to be praying. You're going to be going, God, the only way I can get through this is with your help. Want to build your faith? It starts in fasting. Fasting causes us to lean on Jesus like never before. But listen to how Hebrews eleven six says it. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Come on, isn't that our goal to please God? What do we have to have? Faith. What did Jesus say? You faithless and perverse generation, how long will I bear with you? If you want to please God, where does it start? Faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to me must believe that He exists. But see, watch this now, because this is going to lead me into my third point. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But when we will apply faith, the word says that he will diligently reward those that seek him. So number one, it shows your desperation for God. Number two, fasting, it builds your faith. And number three, I really believe this, it opens heaven over your life. It opens heavens over your life. In the book of Daniel, as the band makes their way back, in the book of Daniel, it recounts the story of Daniel, and he's taken into exile, into Babylon, and they've chosen him, and you'll remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they've chosen these guys because they're they're some of the, the best fit, smartest guys of Israel. And they take them and they say, hey, we have this special diet that we're going to feed you. But this diet violated some of Daniel's beliefs and, and what he wanted to do or what he felt like was acceptable. And so he asked them. he said, listen, for 10 days, let me eat my diet. For 10 days, let me eat what I want to eat. And so for 10 days, he pushed back from the table and he ate only fruits and vegetables. It said that he got rid of meat, bread, wine, and the delicacies. So he pushed back from all those things. Now, you got to understand, this would be like if I enrolled uh, in the army, and you know, like, our military has diets down. They know what they want you to eat, when they want you to eat it. Uh, Football teams, they, they, they know what they want you to eat, when they want you to eat it, when you go to a college program, it's like, you know, you go through the line, they're like, hey, this is what we want you to eat, you need this much protein, you're on a strict diet, it'd kind of be like, hey, I got this, <laughs> you know, if you, imagine if you went into the military, and you'd be like, hey, I'm good, just, I'm gonna do my own diet, you know, they'd be like, no, you're not, get down and give me a thousand, or whatever, and you'd be doing push-ups all day long, but it would kind of be like that, so Daniel goes in, and he says, look, I, I realize that you're training and raising up some of the smartest some of the most elite soldiers in the world but let me try things my own way for just 10 days so he pushed back for just 10 days and the bible says something interesting that at the end of that 10 days that he stood out from the rest can i tell you what happens as we fast and we pray and we push back the heavens begin to open our life and we begin to stand out from the rest now We're not using this as like some kind of tool to stand out from this. Like, okay, well, then I'm going to fast. No, but as we fast, I'm just telling you, there's something that happens on the inside of us. There's something that happens, and God's favor comes on us. Just like it said right there in the last passage that we just read, that he begins to put favor on our life. And just like Daniel, we'll begin to stand out from the rest. And I promise you, your spouse will take notice. Your kids will take notice. Your friends will take notice. Your coworkers and your boss will take notice. I promise you that as you push back, because listen, Jesus said it this way in his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6. He said, but when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret Watch this, and your father who sees in secret will what? He will reward you what? Openly. And what I'm telling you is that while it's not our purpose that we're like, you know, I'm, I'm doing this to get, no, we're doing this because we want to draw closer to God, because we want to know him more. Maybe there are addictions, maybe there are struggles, maybe there are long-term things that need to be taken out of your life and some things only come out by fasting and prayer. But as you purpose yourself to seek God's face, I promise you what is done and secretly he will reward openly. It opens the heavens over your life. And Daniel decided not to defile himself, and God rewarded him openly. As you make seeking God in the secret place, as you, make it, as you make it all about pursuing him and pursuing God, what you do in the secret place, he will reward you openly for. Some things only come out through fasting and prayer.